Hi everyone, hope you're having an awesome day. I'm Oliver Ko, and you're listening to Malaysian Politics Explained, a podcast where we dive into the ins and outs of Malaysia's political system and discuss the policies that will help shape our future. If you've been watching the news recently, I'm sure you've realised that the Sabah state election is now over and Kabungan Rakyat Sabah, or GRS, composed of Barisan National, Perikatan National and Star, has emerged victorious over the Warisan Plus Coalition, which consisted of Warisan, DAP, PKR and APCO. Today, on Malaysian Politics Explained, we're going to be diving into a few key questions surrounding the election and its results. 1. Why was there the election in the first place and what happened? 2. What do the results of the election tell us about the political situation in Malaysia? And 3. What does this mean for political parties going forward? To answer the first question, we need to summarize the past three months of Sabah politics. In July 2020, amidst the winding down of the Movement Control Order, or the MCO, former Sabah Chief Minister Musa Aman claimed to have the numbers necessary to form the state government. Musa claimed that after a number of lawmakers defected to Perikatan National from Warisan and PKR, he had the support of more than 31 state assemblymen a simple majority in the Sabahan State Assembly, which at that time only had 60 seats. Now for more information on what a simple majority is, you can check out my earlier podcast on the Malaysian government explained. Anyways, after securing the backing of a majority of MPs, Musa wanted Datuk Seri Shafi Abdal, the then Chief Minister of Sabah, to step down and for him to be sworn in instead. However, Instead of relenting to Musa's wishes, Shafi decided to dissolve the state assembly and call for a state election in Sabah, saying that he wanted to give the mandate back to the people of Sabah. A few weeks later, in mid-August, the election commission scheduled nominations to be held on the 12th of September and the election itself to take place on the 26th of September. In a twist, the main instigator, Musa Aman, did not show up on nomination day and eventually did not stand for re-election in his seat of Sungai Sibuga. Last week, on the 26th of September, Sabahans went to the polls. It was a race to reach 37 seats, a majority of the 73 seats in Sabah, 13 of them having been added since the election in 2018. That night, it was announced that GRS had won 38 seats to Warisan Plus's 32, and that the three independents who won would be joining GRS in forming the Sabah state government. A couple days later, it was announced that Datuk Seri Hajiji Muhammad Noor from Besatu would be sworn in as the new chief minister of Sabah. And that's basically a summary of what happened during the Sabah state election. Now the second question so what do these results mean? A lot of people are wondering, you know, how did Warisan Plus lose? Political analysts gave them the edge over GRS and according to various commentators, they should have won handily. Furthermore, Shafi engaged in a huge unity campaign 
while GRS was engaged in party infighting with several seats being contested by two or more of the component parties. Now, there are quite a number of conclusions we can draw from the election results as to why Warisan lost. The first and perhaps the most stark is the rural and urban divide. The urban population voted overwhelmingly for Warisan Plus, with DAP winning six of the seven seats they contested in. On the other hand, Warisan was trounced in the rural areas. Warisan ally Aukko lost 11 out of 12 seats they contested, and PKR, Datot Seri Anwar Ibrahim's party, lost 5 out of the 7 they contested. The failure to reach out to the Kadazan, Dusun and Murid communities, or KDM, was a key reason in Warisan's defeat. Now this reflects a couple things. The first and perhaps the most obvious is the lack of election machinery in rural areas. Perikata National definitely had an edge when it came to campaigning in these villages. The second is the difference in priorities between urban and rural voters. Now Warisan Plus's election messaging centered around two key concepts. The first was unity and the second was a negative messaging campaign against political party hoppers or kataks. It was centered around reinstating the people's mandate. Critically, in their election material, there was a lack of a core economic message. Rural voters remained apathetic to such messaging. I mean, who can blame them, right? It doesn't affect their daily lives. They'd much rather vote for the politician who promises them development, who promises them schools, hospitals and roads and economic stability, rather than the one that harps on about abstract concepts like the people's mandate. Now this style of messaging may have worked with urban voters, but it definitely did not land with voters in rural areas of Sabah. Arguably, Warisan's pro-immigrant stance as well as questionable comments suggesting that the Lahat Datu incident was a false flag operation ultimately contributed to their defeat as well. Furthermore, of the 11 party defectors who stood for re-election, four managed to win despite the vast amount of resources poured into defeating them. Now, I know what you might be thinking. You might be thinking, oh, you know, if four won, that means seven of these kataks who jumped parties who party hop lost, right? That means Warisan won seven more seats, right? Well, no. And this is because in 2018, those seats were won under the Pakatan Harapan banner, meaning they should have been Warisan's safe seats. Ultimately, it became a loss, a net loss, of four seats towards GRS. The second conclusion we can draw is that Pakatan Harapan is on shaky ground compared to 2018, and the general election would probably lead to big losses for the coalition. There was a stark decrease in voter turnout compared to 2018. One in three voters did not turn up to the polls. Understandably, this may be attributed to the increased coronavirus cases in Sabah, but PH has been seen as having failed to make any meaningful changes and fulfill some of their promises in their 22 months in power. This has led to a decrease in voter motivation 
and thereby a decrease in turnout. Furthermore, analysts wrongly surmised that Anwar's declaration of having a parliamentary majority in the lead-up to the Sabah election would be an advantage to Shafi. This was proven to not be the case. Anwar's party PKR only managed to hold on to their two seats in Inanam and Api Api, not gaining any ground despite the declaration. Moreover, his declaration has led to some cracks showing in the coalition, with DAP asking for more concrete proof of his claim, as well as saying that they will not work with certain people from AMNO. In conclusion, the election results have shown Pakatan Harapan's weakness with rural voters and has shown that they have a rough road ahead if they wish to win any future elections. So what does this mean for political parties looking forward? For Pakatan Harapan and their allies, it means that greater focus must be given to the rural communities. Their rhetoric must focus on better policies, not solely anti-corruption, not solely restoring the people's mandate, but real development, bettering the lives of people. This is especially true with the Sarawak state election due in 2021. The component parties must also clean house and settle their differences if they are to be expected to put up a united front in any upcoming election. For Perikatan National, led by Muhyiddin, the results of the election show that his competence of dealing with COVID-19 has not gone unnoticed. It is possible that this victory will lead to him calling an early general election if he thinks that it is an indicator of public support for his administration, especially with Sarawak's state election on the horizon. However, Perikatan National still faces a huge trust deficit with urban voters, which remains difficult to overcome. Ultimately, the result of any future election will depend on how Malaysia's economy recovers from the pandemic. And the Perikatan National Administration needs to focus on making sure that the economy in Malaysia recovers properly. And that is the Sabah State Election Explained. In conclusion, the results of the Sabah State Election should come as a warning to urban voters to not be caught in an echo chamber of opinions. If social media were a fair predictor, Warisan would have won handily. The rural voters have made it clear that their voice is loud and that it must be listened to, regardless of whether they trend on Twitter. That's all for this episode of Malaysian Politics Explained. Hope you guys enjoyed the content and if you have any ideas for future episodes, do let me know by DMing me on Instagram or on Facebook. And remember, register to vote.